Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. If you're listening, I'd like to ask a favor. Could you please rate the show and give me a review? This feedback goes a long way toward helping us improve, and I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share us with your family and friends, too. Thank you so much. Last episode, I asked our audience what they do when they get bored. Brayton from Cleveland, Ohio, says that when he gets bored, he plays hide-and-seek with his dog. That is awesome, Brayden, and thank you for all the responses, everyone. It's super awesome hearing from all of you. I hope this week has been treating everyone well, and I hope you all have various ways you can use to entertain yourself. Enjoy the episode. Last time in part one of this story, Rylia and her father set out on a dangerous quest to obtain a rare type of wood known as purple oak. She learned about the Great War, got to see a rare unicorn, and learned more magic using her father's magic wand. Later, in the woods, while separated from her father, she slipped on a wet log and hit her head, knocking her unconscious. This is part two of Rylia's Magic Wand, the conclusion of the story written and read by me, Adam Orton. This is Fantastic Tales. Slowly, her vision came to. She looked around. The sky was darker. It must have been the beginning of evening. She didn't know what was going on at first, but as her headaches subsided, she realized what had happened. Clumsily, she stood up, looking around for any sign of her father. Father? She yelled to no answer. She walked back to the area where she had fallen and tried retracing her steps, but there was no way. She could barely remember what even happened or how she got here. Oh no, she thought. She was a few hours away from getting her own wand, learning a new spell that she could use to find her way home, and enjoying her mother's home-cooked food. But now, she was lost. Was her father worried about her? Of course he is, she thought. Who wouldn't be worried about their daughter missing in Farlington Forest? She paced around, looking for something to do. She knew from her wilderness survival training that the first thing you should do when you're lost is to stay put if you can. People have a much better chance of finding you if you don't wander off. But she had already been here for at least a few hours. Nobody had yet discovered her. Was it time for her to venture out? The woods spanned over a hundred square miles. If she were to leave, she would have to end up walking quite a distance anyway. She might as well start now, she figured. She knelt down on the ground, looking for water or signs of where water might go when it rains. Along a mini trench, a mini river basically, a bit of mud indicated that this might be one such area. She began following the trench as it sloped down. She knew exactly what to do. When lost with no direction to go, looking for a river, then walking down it increases your chance of coming across someone. If she could find where this small trench went, it might lead her to the big river. It could also help her find water, which she would soon need. Her stomach growled, but she knew the priority was finding water. You can survive many days without food, but without water, you'll be done for in what may be a few mere hours. Water is the way to go. The ditch grew wider, and soon Rylia could fit her foot in it, widthwise. She took this as a sign that she was going the right way, and a sound soon confirmed that. A rushing sound was heard in the distance. A river. Excitedly, she hurried down the trench, being careful not to slip once again. As she followed it, she came to a hill leaning down. Right below the ground line, she saw it. A beautiful river. She climbed down the steep hill and came towards the beautiful water. 
She put her hands in the river, ready to drink like the only thing that mattered was drinking. But then she remembered. Water like this can make you sick. She needed a way to clean the water. All she had with her was her notebook, a piece of charcoal to write with, and her father's magic wand. She forgot that it was still in her cloak. Thank goodness, she thought. Though she wasn't very good with magic, she knew how to make a fire and was getting better with the severance spell. The next step was building a fire and heating up the water. After gathering up tinder, kindling, and fuel, she arranged it in an efficient shape for burning and dug a nearby hole in the dirt. Using clay, she compressed the lining of the hole. With a flick of her wrist, flames burst from the wand and ignited the tinder, which ignited the kindling and spread to the fuel. In moments, she had a beautiful warm fire. It was good timing too. The sun had just begun to set. Using her hand, she filled the small hole she had dug with water. It took her about 40 trips to fill, since all she had were her hands, but she eventually got it done. She placed a few small, heavy rocks in the fire, then used a few sticks to pick the rocks up and drop them into the hole with water. The water sizzled instantly as steam rose from the ground basin she had made. With a handful of pine needles, she placed them in the water and waited until she could see bubbles form. Not many elves knew that you could make tea out of pine needles. But, of course, Rylia wasn't an ordinary elf. From the time she could walk, she was an explorer. She loved being outside and learning things from nature. Her father taught her everything he knew about wilderness survival. At least, everything you couldn't do with a wand. That included sanitizing water. Making tea, however, she had learned from her Aunt Aoife, who had passed away not too long ago. Aunt Aoife was a kind, hearty woman. There were rumors in the village that she once lived in the woods with a bear. Other elves said she came from one of the moons. Riley figured all these rumors were just that, rumors. She did seem to know quite a bit of odd knowledge, though. Pine needle tea was the least oddest of those. As Riley scooped the water into her mouth, she thought of Aoife, and she missed her. Aoife wasn't afraid of anything, it seemed, and she was always up for an adventure. Aoife had taken Riley a camping many times, and right now... Rylia felt as though she was camping with her. A few years ago, Aunt Aoife had died of a sickness of the chest. Something that started with the letter P, but she couldn't remember the full name. It didn't matter anyway. Rylia held her sadness back. She knew she had to stay strong and survive. That's what her aunt would want. But she also knew it was okay to be sad. The sky darkened, and Rylia wished she knew more spells. A shield would be great, but this was the one spell you needed your own wand for. A wand would only cast a shield spell for its rightful owner. Another annoying quirk about magic, Rylia thought. But right now, she didn't know what creatures lurked in the woods, and the bump on her head was swelling up something fierce. It hurt really bad. She gently touched it and could feel a bit of dried blood. She looked at the stars, imagining the holes pierced in a blanket. She wondered what her father was doing and how he must feel. She looked at herself and realized something very interesting. She was becoming less afraid. While she worried about being attacked by some unknown creature, a strange feeling took her. It was one she had never felt before. She could feel herself accepting her fate. If something bad was going to happen, there was nothing to prevent it right now anyway. This was strangely comforting to her, and as she thought about the next day, her eyes fell droopy and she slept. She lifted herself off the ground. Her fire was down to the charred remains and a small amount of water was left in the hole. She saw a beetle swimming in the water, and she felt herself gag. She lifted the beetle out with a twig and scooped up one final drink. 
On her feet, she looked where the current was going. Should she follow it or head the opposite way? Did it matter? There was a 50-50 chance, she thought. So with that, she decided to go upriver. She walked for an hour. Her feet were starting to get sore, stepping over sharp, crooked, and lumpy rocks by the riverbed. Her thoughts wandered. Soon school would be starting up again, and she wasn't looking forward to seeing some people. A boy named Sid would often say mean things to her and get some of the other elves to join in. She remembered her mother giving her the advice. If you are doing your best to be a good, kind person, and they still don't like you, then there is something wrong with them, not you. Mother always had a way of making things make sense. That memory disappeared quickly as she heard something in the forest nearby. It was a rustling. Rylia froze. The rustle stopped. This must be some sort of animal, she thought. Why didn't I make a weapon? She didn't make a weapon because the thought of hurting another living creature made her sick, even if it was to protect herself. She had just been hoping nothing would want to hurt her. Now she realized she may have been wrong. While standing still, the rustle started moving again. It grew louder and louder. Rylia remained frozen, but suddenly the animal appeared from the bushes. A wolf bat. Exactly as it sounds, it's an animal the size of a small dog with the wings of a bat. Its fur was completely black, just like its eyes. It was a terribly frightening creature, and Rylia's heart was pounding. She knew these animals frequently attacked elves. What to do, she thought. Time seemed to slow down as her thoughts raced. After running through 15 possible scenarios, at last, she had a plan. She reached into her cloak and produced her father's wand, pointing it right at the animal. The wolf bat lunged, flying six feet into the air as Rylia screamed the one word she knew would work with the wand. <sighs> they were small, but bolts of fire shot from the wand right as the wolf bat neared Rylia. One planted right smack on the creature's forehead, knocking it silly. The animal fell to the ground, completely confused and disoriented. Rylia ran as fast as she could. Ten minutes later, she had to slow down. Her heart was pounding too hard and the wolf bat was nowhere in sight. She laughed in relief. Wait until father hears about this, she thought. This time, she wouldn't make this mistake again. Searching nearby, she found a down branch that was perfectly straight. Not having a knife, she needed something to make a sharp tip with to make a spear. She looked around and found a type of rock she remembered seeing in class. She slammed the rock against another rock several times until it suddenly split in half as she had predicted. Both pieces at their edge were extremely sharp. So sharp that when she tested the sharpness on her finger, it actually produced a small amount of blood. She hadn't expected it to actually be as sharp as a razor. Fifteen minutes later, after whittling the wood, her straight stick had a nice sharp point. She used fire from Miles' wand to harden the tip. And with minimal work, now she had protection. It was time to carry on. She walked upriver for what seemed like forever. Her stomach rumbling, she knew it would soon be time to make another fire. She knew she would probably need to look for food as well. She had water, which was the most important. But now filling her stomach became the next priority. She decided that as soon as the sun had passed the first moon, she'd make camp. Her thoughts wandering, another noise in the wood interrupted her stream of consciousness. Her spear at the ready, she bent her legs and lowered her body into a fighting pose, another thing her father had taught her. After a moment of listening, she realized this wasn't rustling. This was a sound of pain. Something was hurt. She carefully started walking again, watching her back. Then she hesitated. She needed to help what was causing that noise. Whatever it was was in severe pain. What if it's another wolf bat that tries to attack me? She asked herself. 
You cannot leave an animal suffering, her heart argued. She played back and forth several moments, but finally gave in. There was no way she wasn't going to help. She walked quietly into the woods, nearing the sound of the noise. In the distance, she could see a dark hole in the ground. This was one of the traps that were here in the woods, according to her father, from the days the trolls and elves of Nodbury used to hunt here. Riley knew she was safe now. Whatever animal was crying wasn't going to come out of the hole to hurt her. It was trapped. She ran toward the noise, quickly, but she was careful not to trip again. She approached the hole and looked down. She gasped loudly. It was the young, full unicorn from before. Its leg looked broken. It was crying out in agony, so loud Riley almost had to cover her ears. She didn't know what to do. She set her spear down when she heard it. The mother unicorn was behind Rylia. Rylia's throat felt like a rock was wedged in it. The unicorn was looking right at her with that same death stare as before. Rylia knew she was too close to the foal. She needed to back away, but she knew any sudden movement might be met with an attack. She hesitated for what felt like forever. A thought came. Rather than run, why not help the baby? She quickly argued against that. It wasn't safe. The mother might attack, she realized. But for some reason, Riley couldn't lift her foot to walk away from the baby. Something was holding her there. It was her conscience. She knew the mother unicorn had no idea that she was trying to help her baby. For all she knew, this was a strange person with a stick who was trying to keep her baby stuck in this hole. Riley remembered talking to her father the day before. Sometimes doing the right thing takes courage. She knew rescuing the unicorn was the right thing to do. Otherwise, it might die a cruel, painful death with its mother watching. But Riley was scared. She was so very scared. Scared in a way that she had not been before in her life. More scared than the wolf bat. More scared than when Aunt Aoife was sick. More scared than when she had become lost. But there was something inside her, guiding her. She knew what she had to do, the right thing. She grabbed her father's wand and turned towards the hole. To her astonishment, the mother unicorn didn't charge. Rylia wanted to take a sigh of relief, but she knew she had to act, and she knew one spell that could help. It was a levitation spell. Mother often used it to clean up the house. Father once used it to lift a heavy rock. Levitate, she screamed. The wand glowed, but so faintly she didn't know if her eyes were playing tricks on her. Great. That spell only works on a wand that you own, she realized. Nevertheless, she tried again. Levitate! This time, it wasn't the wand that glowed. It was something on the ground next to her. The spear? Suddenly, it hit her. The spear was made of purple oak. This was the rare wood she needed to make her wand. She picked up the spear and pointed it towards the foal. Right then, the mother, uncertain, moved toward her, ready to charge. But she stopped. The foal was floating. Riley had directed the baby onto the ground. And in doing so, the mother joined it and knelt down. The two animals put their heads together as they nuzzled. Rylia could tell the mother was comforting her baby. As its moans grew quiet, Rylia breathed a huge, well-earned sigh of relief. She looked down and noticed some magic was being created from the mother. The baby's broken leg magically lined up, and with purple light coming from the joint, the skin healed instantly. The foal was on his feet. The mother stood, still nuzzling him. Rylia realized it was time to leave. She walked away, making her path back to the river. That's when she realized the two unicorns were following her. She turned and looked at the mother confusingly. It approached her, and Riley carefully watched its horn so as not to gouge her eye out. It wasn't trying to gouge her, though. 
It was nuzzling her. Riley's eyes welled up, and she put her arms around the long face and neck of the animal. This had to be the best feeling Rylia had ever experienced before. After releasing from the embrace, she turned. Rylia laughed. The mother unicorn was showing her its butt. Wait, she was showing her its butt? The mother turned her head and seemed to motion towards it. She wants me to uh, ride? Rylia, careful not to assume too much, slowly climbed on the back of the mother with her spear. The unicorn ran through the woods at breakneck speed. Rylia wondered where the baby was, but turning her back, she suddenly realized it had no problem keeping up. That's when she also realized she was no longer on the ground. She was in the air. The unicorns were flying, taking her someplace. She could see for forever in the clear blue skies. She held her hands out in the air, feeling the wind pushing through them. This was amazing. The unicorn started flying lower, and Rylia wondered where it was taking her. Her question was soon answered, though, as she could see her father near the carriage with Bilby and Betsy. He was calling out Rylia's name in the woods. Rylia was overjoyed to see him. The unicorn landed swiftly near the carriage. Miles fell over and backed away in fear until he saw Rylia. He suddenly realized what was going on. Rylia dismounted, dropped her spear, and ran toward her father with arms wide open. I thought we had lost you for good, Miles explained. Oh, how glad I am that you're okay. I slipped, hit my head, and passed out. When I woke up, I didn't know where I was, so I followed the river, she explained. Oh, we can talk about that later. Let's get you fed at home, he assured her. Rylia turned to see the unicorn taking off. She called out, thank you, to which the mother replied with a happy sound as it flew away. Rylia hugged Bilby and Betsy, then hopped in the carriage. On the ride home, Rylia couldn't say everything she wanted to fast enough about how she made a fire, drank tea, fought a wolf bat, and discovered something. Oh yeah, she showed Miles the spear and didn't say anything but handed it to him. Purple oak? he asked. Rylia nodded. Her father laughed. I thought we were never going to find some, he exclaimed while examining the spear. This was a productive trip after all. They all laughed. The carriage continued down the trail as night began to fall. The air was cool, and the sounds of crickets hummed in the air in a peaceful ambiance. Soon, Rylia fell asleep with her head on her father's shoulder. Miles kissed her on top of her head. This night was the first night she had ever been able to sleep so soundly and so quickly. This was part two of Rylia's Magic Wand. If you like this story, please make sure to subscribe and share it with your family and friends on social media. Also, we love getting feedback. Drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts or shoot me an email at fantastictalesforkids, all one word, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode.